0: Hi, and welcome to Loans Elevated. I'm your host, Brock Lassig, top 1% loan officers nationwide. I'll be bringing you my best tips, strategies, and industry insights to help you create wealth through homeownership. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, welcome back again to another episode of the Loans Elevated podcast. I've got TJ here with me, who is going to turn into a permanent guest on on Loans Elevated. So Tej, thanks for joining. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be on. You. This will be fun. Yeah, for sure. So today we actually got some insight from one of our followers that said, hey, we want some information on financing for real estate investors that are not loaded with a ton of cash because the news and the TV shows often show cash buyers flipping properties, that type of thing. But real estate investing is so powerful, even with limited cash. So we want to go over that. Uh, And really, we're going to dive into the basics of uh, simplifying what the options are to invest in real estate when you don't have cash to pay for the real estate in full, and then go into some of our strategies and ideas that are go-tos for us. So, Tej, what are the programs that we have available? What are the basics of agency financing? Those types of things.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we've got, there's two ways. You've got agency and non-agency. In your agency, we've got products that you can go as little as 15% down. Most of the time, we want to be 20 to 25% down because you get a little bit better terms at that point. Uh, and let where? me add one thing on that. So something that's
0: powerful to understand this, there's not a straight answer. Sometimes we might say go 15% down, the terms don't matter because Correct. we're going to have a ton of cash flow and it, the terms are just unimportant. You know, Perhaps right. there's tax benefits, exactly. whatever. Often though, we are leaning towards at least 20% down, maybe even pushing to 25% because the costs exponentially go up. With So like, for example, instead of 25% down, you do 20% down. Sure. You might be facing discount charges for the same rate on 25% down. By putting 20% down, discount charges might be like two points. So to pocket 5% in down payment, but pay two points in... or two percent of the loan amount in cost that is like a 40 percent cost on that money to reserve it. So we take an approach that is holistic in analyzing like what what is the cash flow situation? Are terms and payment even important? Or is it more important to reserve cash and then layer that on to figure out how do we create the best ROI with the cash that you have at your disposal? So that's right. just a little. So, I
1: mean, are you saying that just for the sake of this specific scenario, yep. uh, if they're to put 20% down, that it might be costing them 2% or 2 points? And so it might make more sense to put 25% down, yep. which is only 3% more and then save the fees. And that 5% that's is right. actually going towards equity rather towards than fees.
0: Towards the principal, yep. Cool. Yep, exactly.
1: Sweet. I mean, and we also have, we have stuff that's non-agency as well. Um, one that we're, we're seeing all right now is debt-service coverage ratio. And what that is, it takes your debt-to-income ratio almost out of the equation. I mean, tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah. So debt-service coverage ratio, also commonly referred to as an investor cash flow loan, is essentially underwriting the... It's underwriting the the single property and the cash flow on that property with the down payment and the payment all included. And there's different requirements depending on qualifications. Uh, for example, a 100% or a, or a 1.0 debt service coverage ratio would mean that you are renting the property for exactly the same amount as what the monthly mortgage payment on that property is through this program. But like TJ mentioned, there's no, like debt to income ratio is not a significant factor or even a factor at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it does require more money down, but definitely a more simple way of getting into real estate investing. If you've got the capital to put a down payment, an easy way to get into real estate investing, if your income is not sufficient, or if you're self-employed and don't claim a lot of income, but you still want to buy an investment property. Those are, that's the strategy that is kind of the go-to for those types of people.
1: Right. And depending on like what you like credit and a bunch of other factors, you might be able to even rent the house for less than like the the ratio would be less than one. Yep, And you'd still be eligible to purchase that property. Yeah. And that's a unique
0: program offered by Cross Country Mortgage there are certain credit requirements, there are certain requirements, but we do have an option that you could buy a property, and in theory, it has a negative cash flow on the property, and you can still buy that through this debt service coverage ratio program. One other really unique factor about our program is there's no obligation to have a prepayment penalty. Most of our competitors on this similar type of program have a prepayment penalty Mm -hmm. that is significant. I mean, you know, some of them range anywhere from two to five years where if you pay that loan off, because the terms are worse, if you pay that loan off through a refinance, you're paying two, uh, two, three points just to pay it off. Right. in the first couple, two, three, four, five years. Our program, you can eliminate that. And so if you just need a bridge to get taxes filed the following year or whatever, you could refi very quickly afterwards and still qualify and have negative cash flow. It's a very flexible program.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, once we, you know, you get used to the real estate finance, or excuse me, it's real estate investing and you start accumulating properties, then people run into the issue of Wait, now I've got too many properties financed, which is a good issue to run into, Mm -hmm. um, which for agencies, that's 10. The most amount of properties you can have financed is 10 properties. And agencies, to be clear, Mm -hmm. that's
0: Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Correct. That's the agencies that we refer to. Mm -hmm. So it's maxed at 10. And we'll dive into a strategy to get around that for people uh, here in a moment. But we also, at Cross Country, we have a ton of... Uh, non-agency programs or or non-QM programs, uh, alternative financing options that allow you to basically sidestep the agency restrictions. And one of our programs offers up to 15 financed properties and one of them even offers up to 20 financed properties for the same person. And there's actually a couple of strategies. In fact, let's just dive into those real quick because I don't want to forget. Yeah, for sure. So strategy number one is... If you are a married couple or you have a partner, whether it's in business or in a, in a relationship, a strategy we use if we under, we take a, a big interest in understanding what your goals are long term and if this will even be something that that you face. But often we'll coach our clients, hey, let's just finance the first one or perhaps the first 10 in one of the person, one of the partner's names. And then when they get their max 10, we finance the next 10 in the other partner's name. And so then technically through the partnership uh, or relationship, you guys could have 20 finance properties and stick with agency financing. That's important because agency financing is definitely more competitive from a loan terms perspective. So that's important. And then we even use the strategy of splitting, even if it's not in the plans to become a real estate investor, we're we're oftentimes using that as a fallback because if one spouse, for example, qualifies for the property, we will just almost default to putting just one of them on the loan to guard against this. So it's a big strategy that we use. So the second one-off strategy here before we get into more of the strategies later is we work with a lot of real estate investors. And one cool thing, especially with the appreciation we've seen recently and this depends on the rate environment, but we often work with our clients to consolidate mortgages. So, say you already own a multitude of properties, we could take, two, you know, two pro- one one property, excuse me, do a cash out refinance, pay off the other one, and help free up the ability to finance more. Because this is not ten financed properties or fifteen or twenty owned. This is these are the properties that are financed. So we have clients that own. 40, 45 properties, but they only have, you know, we always strategically get them in a position where only 10 are financed per borrower. So that's another yeah, one-off that's, strategy. That's huge. Yep. Tiege, let's go into delayed financing. Explain what it is and yeah. the unique program we have that's super powerful for real estate investors in particular.
1: For sure. So delayed financing is essentially what it sounds like. So you're purchasing the home as cash, so you can pull equity from other properties you might have to purchase the home as cash. And then later on, you're almost, in a sense, refinancing, but it's not a refinance. It's called delayed financing. And you actually did this with mm-hmm. one of your properties. Yep. I mean, tell, tell me your story about with yeah. what you're able to do with that.
0: I mean, that's a good way to kind of put a bow on this topic and this idea. So about a year ago or so, I bought a property for 340000 And I leveraged the home equity line of credit on my current residence and paid cash for that $340,000 property. I turned around immediately, like the same week of closing, started my application to finance that property because I didn't want all the money on my line of credit on my current house, turned around, financed that property. And within like one or two weeks of purchasing it, whenever we got the appraisal back, because I was able to negotiate heavily being a cash buyer I I had very tight timelines. So I closed in seven days. I had to rush through it really quick. I'm a cash buyer. It's a guaranteed close. I had hard, hard earnest money. So I compelled the seller to accept my offer, which was lower than what they otherwise could have gotten. So I got it for 340 Within two weeks after I purchased it, I got the appraisal. It appraised at 390 So essentially, I was able to use the 390 appraised value for my financing terms. And that enabled me to get long-term financing on that property with terms equivalent to a 75% loan to value mortgage. And I was only like 12% out of pocket in the end, because through the refinance on delayed financing, I got all that cash back into my pocket.
1: Right. And on a normal purchase, we have to go off the lower of the two. That's right. Either the appraised value or the purchase price. And
0: actually most Every other program I know of besides cross countries program that's in house, you have to go off of the lower of the purchase price or appraised value. So the trick here is we have the ability to go off the appraised value with no waiting period.
1: Cool. So, huge. so in theory, if someone found a property that they they purchased for way under appraised value, they they could come in with close to no money down.
0: Yeah, you could finance theoretically up to 100% of the acquisition. One trick is, though, I've had a couple people attempt to use this with delayed financing, but they actually had a hard money loan on the property. That is not the same thing. It is no longer delayed financing. If mm-hmm. you've got a hard money loan, right. it has to be legitimate cash that you paid for. We have to document it. So it the, can't be
1: any liens on title. Correct. Cool. No
0: liens. And, it, and it's got to be documented cash. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've run into yeah. those issues. I mean, with clients. if you
1: guys are interested in doing this, make sure you're talking to one of us first Yeah, um, and we'll walk you through the whole process.
0: Yeah. All these things. These are just ideas to spark interest. Mm-hmm. You, you definitely need to Call us and get all the details, not just rely on the information you're hearing here because in lending, it's like we have a 4,000-page a, a Bible for every loan program. It, there's a lot of details, so make sure you're leaning on us. Now, let's go into our go-to strategies for people that are maybe just starting to get into real estate investing and some ways that allow them to optimize loan terms, less cash in, but ultimately build this portfolio of rentals. Yeah.
1: I mean, I love utilizing my primary residence. I mean, if you're in a situation where you want to, uh, you know, get gain a large portfolio of real estate properties and you don't mind moving, um, you when you're closing on a primary residence, you're signing legal documents stating that you intend to occupy that property for at least a year. But after that year, you could then purchase a new primary, move out of your vacating residence... And that vacating residence then turns into an investment, and it still and has the primary terms.
0: Correct. You've got mm-hmm. your primary terms, and you can use the rental income to qualify for the next when property. you vacate. Correct. So it's like you don't have to qualify for two properties. Your income doesn't need to dramatically increase. There's nothing real difficult about it. But you have, a, like on a primary home, you've got somewhere between as little as zero percent down. And you could literally move out a year later, turn that into an investment. So now you technically have an investment property, even though it was delayed. You had to wait a year to get Mm -hmm. the investment property. You live in it for a year, turn around 0% down loan or maybe 5%. That's what I would probably suggest. Uh, But every situation is different. Very limited down payment. You turn around and it's an investment property that technically you put somewhere between zero and 5% down. Yeah.
1: I'm a big fan of staying liquid because yep. on a normal investment, you'd have to put down 15 to 25%. Right. And now you're staying liquid at just 5% down yep. or if not lower. Yep. It's but, huge. Yep. And huge. then what about tapping into equity if you already own a home or yep. other, other assets?
0: So we touched on that just a moment ago mm-hmm. with my personal situation when I bought that investment property a year or so ago. We are big advocates, and like I've said many times in in other podcast episodes and other videos, we are all about helping guide you through the most optimal way of creating wealth through homeownership and and buying real estate. We are super strategic. Our our team's motto is: we're holistic mortgage planners, not drive-through mortgage. And what that means is. We're really looking at the holistic picture, understanding your goals, and crafting a plan to help you accomplish that, not just hearing you tell us what you want to accomplish and giving you the easiest answer, put our hand out the window, and let you drive away. So this is one of those things. It's important to understand why this is so important. We often coach our clients throughout their years of homeownership, even if they're not doing a loan, we're here as a resource mm-hmm. for them, getting like home equity lines of credit and continually getting those home equity lines of credit. We're always tracking the market because we don't often do home equity lines of credit for our clients unless it's in tandem with a with a first mortgage purchase, but we'll refer out and we're always tracking what the best options are, what the best terms are, how mm-hmm. you can leverage the best. we're a great resource for that. But tapping into the equity is huge by virtue of either a refinance. Now, right now, rates are a bit high. So a refinance may not be a viable situation. So we're talking to our clients about going to get the home equity lines tap into those home equity lines, that could fund, perhaps in my situation, a full cash purchase that then could be added to the delayed financing. Or maybe it just funds the 20% down or whatever we determine down payment on the investment property. So you don't need to even have any cash. Most homeowners that have bought any time in the past couple of years are walking into literally tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. Mm you may as well not have that sit on the sidelines,
1: right? Utilize it while you can. Yep.
0: So that's it. Those yeah. are our ideas. That's our, that's the topic. If you have any more specific questions, which I hope you do, I hope we've just stoked some inspiration and, and thought here, lean on us. We want to help you. And this is exciting for us. This is why we're in the business. It's what brings us to the office, excited to work every day. So thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, and G- I mean,
1: if you found this useful, please share it with friends, family. I mean, and you can also can follow us on Instagram at Loans Elevated. And we really yeah. appreciate it. No question. Catch you next time.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Loans Elevated. To stay up to date on all industry news, please follow us on all platforms at Loans Elevated or at Brock Lassig. If you're interested in learning more about what your financing options are, please reach out to me and my team at 801-713-4000 or visit applywithbrock.com. I look forward to working with you.